0: And welcome to and then an aeroplane episode twenty two. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined as always by M. It's anime time. I'm I'm now going to check to make sure I got that right because I did it off the cuff and I I I felt pretty good about it. it, But so I have no idea. Twenty two, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, nailed it. (laughs) Damn. Um, we are here today to talk about our last Isao Takahata movie, um, the Tale of Princess Kaguya.
1: Eh, so far, you never know. He could pick another one.
0: Uh, uh, he cannot. <laughs> no. He's not going to do that. Why not? Did he retire? He's dead. Oh, that's
1: a shame. <laughs>
0: after... Did you actually not know that? No, I knew that. <laughs> okay. It's, right after, it's you...
1: right after work. I'm really punchy. It's been a long, bad day.
0: You had me, and I was just like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> 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 um, Kaguya came out in... 2013 um it's very pretty it's directed by Sao Takahata written by Sao Takahata um it's based on a like um a very 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 old uh Japanese book um and that's about all I know about that
1: yeah it's like it's like uh, it's like folklore more than like it like yeah. a book is generous
0: <laughs> yeah that's what I I thought maybe that was right and then I didn't want to say it and be wrong yeah. So. <laughs> um. I guess, I guess, do you want me to summarize, or do you want to summarize?
1: Um, I guess I could summarize. So, okay. uh, because this is based on a famous story, I will briefly summarize uh, the thing, and then talk a little bit about how it differs. So, uh, Bamboo Cutter, uh, in the forest, uh, it cuts down a glowing piece of bamboo and discovers a tiny girl inside. He takes her home, raises her up. Uh, she turns into a baby, and him and his wife decide to raise her. Uh, they do that through, like, the rural fields of high and era Japan. If you don't know, that's, like, around the turn of the first... Uh, Uh, millennia um this is around the time like the first novels written in court in japan um Mm -hmm. the first novel in the world as far as anyone knows at this point um uh, so, anyway, they grow up, he f- keeps finding gold and, like, silks in the forest, and is, like, clearly whoever sent this child to us wants her us to give her a better life and sets her up to move the entire family to court. Meanwhile, she has this boy she likes, and she's growing up fast, and she loves being a child of the wilderness and in touch with nature and things like that, uh, and they take her away to court, where she is taught how to be, like, a, a court woman, uh, to hopefully get married and live the life of a true princess like she deserves. Uh, initially, she's resistant to this, but then takes up when she realized it would make her father happy um and is very good at it and uh then the time comes where like five you know very famous princes and members of the government come uh to ask her hand all at once and she gives all five of them impossible tasks and they are like we can't do that and go off uh, grumbling and her father's like i can't believe you asked them to do the impossible like you want to get married right and she's like no never um in the intervening couple years while she waits, uh, happy kind of being left alone. She dreams of going back to the countryside. Meanwhile, the, the five men all try to fake or actually get the item she asked for. One of them dies in the, in the, in the journey, mm-hmm. um, ridiculously, <laughs> they bring the fakes back. It doesn't really work. That only, uh, inspires the Mikado who's like, you know, the emperor of Japan, uh, to take notice of her and go, Oh, I'm going to go and try myself. And he goes and talks to her. And at that moment, uh, she's like no actually i couldn't i couldn't actually do that uh when he and he goes to like press the issue by hugging her uh, without her consent and in doing so she wishes she could leave which summons a memory that she is from the moon and she's going back to the moon because she basically called on the moon for aid um and everyone tries to keep her from going but the moon people come down uh and take her away um, and she's like, oh, if they, if they, if they put the cloak on me, I'm going to forget all of you. Um, uh, and then they put the cloak on her and it seems like she doesn't actually forget all of them, but she does go with them and it's left nebulous as she goes up to the moon and then we see the baby up in the moon again. And that's the end of the movie. Um, in brief, the difference, uh, that I think is important for what I feel about this. Uh, Cause this is a famous tale. It's reference to anime a lot and video games and stuff. So I, I've no, I'm mm-hmm. aware of, uh, you know, the tale of princess Kagi or whatever is, uh, you know, he cuts open the bamboo, finds the infant, raises her up in court. She takes to court and becomes like, she does the thing with the five suitors, but she's not like held there against her will, longing to be in the like countryside. Uh, she becomes friends with the emperor. Um, she like, she's like, I'm not going to marry you, but you know, we can hang out. And she does and rebuffs his proposals and they, they become great friends. And then she decides that like, she's time to go to the moon. Um, and she just has to go because it's her time because she's, like, come of age or whatever and has to go back to the moon. Um, and why that is is nebulous, depending on what version. it's, like, sometimes it's, like, oh, this is punishment for, like, a crime that she committed on the moon. This is a lesson on what it's like to form attachments with people. Uh, this is, uh, like, saving her from a moon war. Uh, it kind of depends on the version. Um, <laughs> and so they take her. The emperor tries to protect her and keep her from going and can't. Um, and then she leaves uh, him... Elixir of immortality. When she goes to the moon, in like a letter saying like I really enjoyed our time together. Uh, He decides to get rid of the uh, elixir of immortality because he's like, if I can't be with her, I don't want to be immortal,
0: and throws it away. And uh, that's Mm -hmm. the end of the story. Um. Yeah. And this, she spends most of the movie like resisting court life and not wanting to be there, and it makes it like. For me, like one of the most like tragic and sad movies that we've watched, yes. as just like for two for nearly two and a half hours, you just watch this young girl have a life foisted upon her that she doesn't want. It's mm. sad. Yeah, I I got fucked up by this movie in a way I did not was not prepared for. Yeah,
1: um, talk about specifically had oh you know he grew up with this legend and never really related to it and he said he's, he wanted to make a story that made her choices more relatable um we'll talk about it because i'm not sure how much i agree with that <laughs> <laughs> i have some i have some conflicting feelings about this movie uh it, before we get into it this movie's gorgeous best looking fucking Ghibli oh, movie oh my god it is beautiful <laughs> um it's done in like a like a like a like ink painting art style uh very sparse like the the background mm. just kind of fade off into white um it makes the couple shots of their cg look absolutely cartoon level because they're really <laughs> fucking bad um but the rest of it is I, incredible. there's
0: there's an effect that they do with the um cg sometimes where it looks like it's several different like paintings like layered over yeah, each all other the that parallax are. Parallax
1: stuff doesn't really work for me. And then Oh,
0: that's the one version of the cgi I like. It's when they do like the like It's the you wa- know, They're it's soaring the water, over the landscape. Yeah, the that water work. and the um the sakura trees both look really bad. <laughs> um but yeah um there's like a thing that because I watched a little bit of um only yesterday this week just mm-hmm. because and there's like a thing that uh Takahata that has always done that like very few other people do that he like uses a lot of white space yes in his um in his movies and this movie just like m- like ratchets it up to 11 and makes that the whole style mm-hmm. and it's so fucking good <laughs> yeah 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 for sure um <sighs> I was gonna go somewhere and I totally forgot it. Do we have voice actors for this? Um
1: eh, eh, eh. I noticed
0: that Dean Kane is in this movie. That maybe Yeah. Laugh.
1: So the thing is most of the most of the Japanese actors like Takata always does are like TV and film actors, um, which doesn't give me a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the bamboo cutter's been a vo- he Takeo Chi, he's been voicing characters since like Lady Snowblood and new battles that honor and humanity. But like there's just not a lot here, you know. It's it's really the it's really the uh, English voice actors which are wild in terms of like the spread of people pulled in.
0: Yeah, it's like Chloe Grace M- Moretz who is like an actual star and yes. like Lucy Liu who is like was an actual star and then like a lot of the people that I recognize and like you aren't like that famous. I don't the, the, know. The
1: the, the Bama Cutter and his wife are James Caan and Mary Steenburgen, which is such a weird duo. Uh, only mm-hmm. in only in voice acting would you get that,
0: right? Right. Um. Uh, I didn't listen to the dub. I listened to the sub. I did. I did not. Um. So I don't even know what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even tell you if it was good. If um. Anyway, but yeah, like this. So this movie, like hit a like weirdly personal note for me of just like like you're watching this girl have her childhood stolen from her mm-hmm. and it just like it like hit me in a lot of transgender feelings that like it, that's not what the movie is going for um mm-hmm. but it, it it made it it hit me in like such a specific way that it made made it hard for me to tell what's coming from the movie and what's just coming from like me having a rough week you know Mm -hmm. um that makes it like really hard for me to like actually assess how i feel about this movie Mm -hmm. uh Um, for
1: for me it's like okay so she grows up in the wilderness and she's like a child of nature and she gets along with the like farmer boy who's, like, her love interest while she's there and the kids she grew up with or whatever and taking care of babies and, you know, just very, like, this is what people in the countryside live like. Uh And then it, the way in which she's, like, introduced to court life is very much a, we took this girl who was, like, a human being and made her like, this thing that is not human by making her, like, wear dresses and sit up straight and learn how to, like, drink tea properly. And it's such a second-wave feminist view of the world. Uh, yeah. Like, Oh, in court, she's not a real person. She's just living up to the expectations of others, especially in a world where, like, you know, Japan of a thousand years ago, not exactly like a bastion of how we think of feminism, but it is an area where, like, this is where, like, hiragana was developed as, like, women's language because everyone else was writing in Chinese. This is where the Mm -hmm. first novel was written by a woman in the courts where she goes to. And the movie's not interested in that, Um, and it only gestures vaguely with, like, characters like Lady Sagami, who's not, like – she's not, like, cruel. She's, like, teaching her things she needs to know to live in the world, right? Like, she literally does not mm-hmm. interact with human beings in the context of we live in a city and there's, like, rules of society. But the movie paints that for, a like, in an hour as, like, just this horrible thing that's being done to her Um, when, like – If she, if she was learning the koto out in the countryside, there wouldn't be the consternation of, oh, she's learning how to play this instrument. That's not like a natural thing for people to do. But because this woman from court is teaching her, uh, it's, it's, it's bad until she's good at it, in which case it's good, actually. (laughs) <laughs> um, and there's just like this weird old man does like feminism friction and learning. It's like, this is how I, I could, o- this is the only way I could figure out how to relate to this character who is like a character who mm-hmm. de- declined getting married and then went back to the moon and like had this like bittersweet affection that she left behind. And that's fine. Like I'll talk about the end. Cause I think the end is like really, really good, but like really subtle about it. Um, I just felt kind of annoyed that they, they did this thing where like, you know, if we if we make girls tomboys, they're better girls than girls that wear dresses, and I feel like that's a big portion <laughs> of the movie.
0: Um, yeah, for sure, and like, I th- I think it, you know, um, it also has to be said that like that section where um, she's being tutored goes on for a really fucking long time. Yes. Um, I don't know when the last time one of these movies was over two hours, but this movie really felt like it was over two hours like you could just like i don't know it it was a long Mm -hmm. fucking movie and it took it took me like uh, i watched this movie over the course of like three days because one it was sad and two it was long and i just like had to like keep like stepping away from it um and it made it a very weird experience watching the movie um it just it's just got a like shagginess to it mm. um which is also weird because you would you would think that like the beautiful animation would kind of like smooth over some of that and like i like looking at this movie a lot uh a lot but like the experience of watching it was like I don't know, fraught, I yeah. guess.
1: Uh, for me, it's just, I, th- I think the frustration is that like, there's clearly a tension here, like society does this to women, but it's not mm-hmm. interested in the part where like, this only comes out of the bamboo cutter's projection of his own desires onto her. Um, mm-hmm. instead it becomes about society, but like, that's just not, the rest of the movie doesn't hold that up. I feel like it's only because they keep hammering this point home for an hour. It's like Lady Sasami, Sagami doesn't come in and like, she's not like a cruel, like taskmaster of like, you know, the lady is going to teach you manners and make you a proper woman. Like there's, there's movies that do that. She's not that character. Mm-hmm. Like she's hired. She's like, this is an important job. I'm going to take it seriously. And then she's like, this girl just keeps kind of dicking me around until she realizes that her father wants it. She's doing it for him. And she feels a way about that. And then she leaves and her job's done. And that's it. Right. Like, right. Uh, um, but, but the never, movie never spends time with the far, part where the father took both his wife and his daughter out of the place they loved for no other reasons other than he thinks the forest wants him to do that. But really, he's just really happy to wear robes and throw parties.
0: I feel like the movie like really paints him as the, like a villain, but mm-hmm. like is also pretty sympathetic to him mm-hmm. and like, um, is maybe like trying to like split the difference in a way that I wish, um, uh, Maybe not that it had taken a side on it, but like, um, it's like, oh, he, he is like doing like his wife and daughter are really hurt by what he's doing, Mm -hmm. but it's coming from a good place. And I feel like it could, the way that it splits the difference there, um, like, isn't quite satisfying. It's not like I want someone to like, you know, scold him at the end of this movie, but like. Someone needs to say, like, um, I wish one time I wish one time that someone would have said to him, you're fucking this up, and he would have actually heard it, because yes. people say that, but, like, he never hears it, and yes. it just, it, it makes some of that stuff, like, not land as well as I want it to, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- You mentioned the ending, and I guess I, w- I kind of want to jump to the ending, because, like, the thing that uh, really works for me about the ending is the way that, like, kind of, like, For me, it feels like um, the Buddha and the people on the moon are doing the exact same thing to her that the people on the earth were doing. Because, like, they're also going to force her to wear this robe that she doesn't want to wear and, like, take her away from the things that she loves. And, like, that was really poignant to me. And, um, like,
1: yeah. So the thing about that is, like, the in her memory she's like oh if they put this robe on me i'm going to forget all of you and i'll be taken to the moon and i won't even want to resist and she's half right because she doesn't want to resist but they put the robe on her and whatever that reveals to her makes her want to go with them she looks mm-hmm. back she's sad she remembers them like it clearly the way that it depicts the thing is that she remembers what happened on earth but it no longer matters to her or it doesn't matter enough to get her to like want to stay like she just goes mm-hmm. she's like it's time to go and i'm gonna go and it I feel like that's categorically different because it gives her like it, you know it's a metaphor for like a a like enlightenment or like a, no- a knowledge that only comes like through death or whatever like however you want to read the metaphor um mm-hmm. but she she like literally given the robe stays with the buddha goes I I loved all of you but like when it's time to go it like holding on is not going to make me happy or any of you happy I'm just going to go um mm-hmm. and disappears with them and to me that like is a catharsis of like everything that she was wrapped up in, she says this right before she goes, she's like, I was so wrapped up with this idea of like resisting this road I was put on that. I forgot to enjoy my life. And that's why I called out to the moon to come rescue me. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not because this was unbearable. It's because the attitude I brought to it made it unbearable, um, which is fraught in a lot of ways. Like, it's like, Oh, I just couldn't accept like living the, the life that I, a woman in the, the Japan of a, the year thousand should be living. Uh, but also uh, it's like, a, oh, you know, the woman of the like a person of the country can never live and be a person of the city. It just doesn't work that way, which is like a weird undercurrent that kind of runs through all of Takahata's work. But putting it here in this yeah. context is like really weird to me. But also, also on some level, mm-hmm. she found a lot of her own happiness. And then like when was reminded that like her it, it dovetailed with her father's was very like poisoned by it. It's like if he wants it for me, even if I like it, it's bad. And there is a lot of that in, in this movie that's weird and isn't reckoned with until this moment. Um, and I mm-hmm. wish it was like more explicit than her like achieving enlightenment and going to the moon or whatever you want to like put the metaphor on. But I do like right. that she remembers them. Like it's not like she's mind wiped and take to the moon. She, she realizes something. We don't get to see it. It's an interior thing for her and she chooses to go.
0: Yeah, I, I have two thoughts going off of what you said, and one is really short, which is like, the reason that I ended up watching a little bit of Only Yesterday this week is because I realized partway through Kaguya, that it was like, it was kind of Only Yesterday in reverse, a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the thing that you said that, like, kind of makes the ending, I liked the ending, but the thing that you said that makes the ending work better for me is like framing it as like, she has some realization. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I took it as, um, I took it as she is, sorry, um, I took it as that, like, she briefly forgot and then, like, on her way up, um, started to remember. Mm -hmm. I think the way that, I think what you're saying is right. And I think it makes it land a lot, uh, like, better for me. And I like that we don't, I like that we don't know what's going through her head. Um, in some way i like that she gets like this privacy in this like last moment on earth yeah this specifically
1: Um, wouldn't occur to me if they didn't code the people from the moon so like buddhistly right but mm -hmm. a lot of the like like enlightenment comes with a a, 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 an awareness that you do not have to be attached to things right like and her whole thing is being mired in this like her she is sad and miserable because her life is not the thing that she thought it was going to be where she grew up in the mountains with this boy um And, you know, married him or whatever, uh, which is a thing she like briefly takes hold of. But I don't think that would have actually made her happy either. The movie doesn't really reckon with the part where that wouldn't have. She says it
0: would have made her happy, but I don't necessarily believe it. Um. (laughs) I think because there's the big moment where um, in this like half dream, half reality space, she runs away Mm -hmm. and meets up with this boy from her youth. And they like fly through everything. And he says he says to her. Um like we can run away together, and then after the dream is over, like his wife and his child come back and he's like, Oh right, I have like you know, I got caught up in this like flight of fancy from my childhood, but like I'm I'm an an adult, I am a man, I have responsibilities. Um That felt to me that felt to me a little bit like trying to acknowledge that like she wouldn't necessarily have liked that better, just because yeah. like even country life has responsibilities and like you have to, like, she goes there, she goes back to the country one time and can't find everybody she knew because like they have to move along because mm-hmm. like that's how like working the fields works. I, I think that the movie pays some lip service to mm-hmm. that idea, but that you, like, I had to like really think about it just now and be like, no, 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 I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's it, like it doesn't, It's not on the surface sometimes. There's
1: some acknowledgement that getting the things that you used to want now is not the same as getting them back when you wanted them where they were been of the natural course of history. Like, you know, the the two roads diverge in the wood or whatever. But if you go back 10 years later and take the other path, it's not the same as if you took that path then. And it can't be. Um, right. But, uh, but to people on earth looking up the minute that she like severs her attachment to these people and walks away would look like she forgot because to them it'd be like, she doesn't think about us. It it mattered to us so much before and now she doesn't care. So she must not know. And the answer Mm -hmm. is like the severing attachment doesn't mean you forget your attachments. Just, you don't feel them in the same way. Like you, it just doesn't, it doesn't like chain you to the ground and you know, she can go to the moon and feel okay about that. Um, which is uh, categorically different, but I like the movie just, I feel like it's weird about like, especially for like a Western audience about like explaining that what the hell's going on in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And like, there's a moment, um, earlier in the movie where in voiceover, they say like, um, it's right. As their uh, Kaguya's parents, like take her to the city. Um, it says like, you know, tomorrow and the stew that they were planning on making would never come for So tomorrow. And, um, like, I think, yeah, I think if like life had gone a different way at that moment, like she would have been happy, but yeah. Um, I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just, it's just frustrating because like the narrative is what it is. And it, it, it it's pulled out of adapting a, a legend. And I understand that, but like, I think this movie would work better if she actually met with the emperor and like they had a friendship, like them being seen as equals in the original legend and that not being the thing here. Like he literally like presses himself on her and that's what causes her to panic and get abducted to the moon is such a worse thing than like. You know, if this was an inevitable fate for her and she accepts it and that's that's what happens. And she had a social mobility. We never see her interact with the people of the town. Once they go to the city, she hides behind a screen, which is like normal for the era. And she gets these suitors. But outside of like her servant and Lady Sagami, she doesn't talk to anyone. She has no connections. She has no Mm -hmm. life. And I know that there's like, you know, there's this undercurrent of like there's only certain kind of lives women could have back in the day but that doesn't mean that they weren't full lives of the people who lived them
0: yeah but this I, is not
1: I, depicted as that this is literally depicted as her being in prison for 10 years
0: right and i wish like because people like women connected to other women i assume like yeah. i don't know much about this era but like she could have easily, like, befriended other ladies of the court, yeah. you know? The, the, <laughs> um, uh, the
1: Heike guitar, which is the first novel ever written in terms of, like, global history you know of. It was a court woman, Lady Murasaki, who wrote stories about a dashing prince who just, like, you know, lazed about and slept with a bunch of women. And she wrote them serialized for other women in the court to read, because they just hung around mm-hmm. telling stories all the time, and she decided to write them down. Um, like, there was a community of people that had, like, social mobility and power of their own, and it's not what we would consider, like, a proper like gender equal freedom in the world and you know the way we conceive of that in 2021 but it was something and it wasn't what this movie's depicting
0: <laughs> um yeah and it just it just feels like it makes the whole movie just feel brutal because like you get 30 like beautiful pastoral minutes of like Oh, life was just perfect and like flawless. And then just like for the next hour and a half, it's just like this beat down yeah. <laughs> of just like, um, of just like sad stuff, yeah. you know? And like, like I say, like it, it's really hard for me to like pull apart like what I'm bringing to the movie and what is actually in the movie and so um if it feels like I'm circling this same point over and over it's because that's how I felt watching the movie that I was like circling this same headspace constantly
1: (laughs) yeah um and for me it's just a like a frustration with this kind of movie that's like we're going to show a story about like you know Ghibli has, is built on the backs of, like, women protagonists who are plucky and, like, rise above their presumed station because of gender, right? Putting it in a historical mm-hmm. context like this and basing it on a, an actual legend that everyone in Japan watching this movie knows, and still steering into the, oh, it was worse than, like, than it is now because this girl had to grow up and get married and arranged by her parents, and, you know, she had to put on the makeup of the day and have her teeth blackened or whatever. Like, that's so much worse than, than what it is today when people have to go through what whatever they go through is just such mm-hmm. lazy like pop feminism to me
0: yeah yeah like and it, it's weird because like y- um i don't know like takahata has made other movies that acknowledge like that women still have like a lot of bullshit foisted upon them yes you know and like oh yeah like somehow- we, we talk about only
1: yesterday all the time that movie is really good about
0: this yes, that movie's really good about this. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that movie is about how, like, the social, like... The, the scene where she's on the phone with her sister, and her sister is like, mom wants you to get married, like, is so good. And, um, like encapsulates a lot of like yeah women are allowed to work in office settings in a way that they weren't they weren't always but like is that actually any better and then this movie is like yes those things are better (laughs) Yep. yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> and like part of this is just like the foibles of like, I read a lot of Japanese literature in when I was like a teen and early 20 something. So I know a lot about this era. So it's just one of those where I'm like, I just see what you're doing here. Like what you're doing is paving mm-hmm. over the reality for your movie. And all movies are, all period movies are that. I understand. We talked about this a lot yes. with, uh, the wind rises, right? But like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't want this from Takahata. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did, I think I said Heike Monogatari, it's Genji Monogatari, I just want to clarify, don't send an email, I know, I just said the wrong thing. I've read both of them, but it was a long time ago, I was in my teens, and I'm in my mid-thirties now.
0: (laughs) Um, and you know, I think, um, this movie did, like, I don't know financially, but like, on the award circuit, this movie did very well for itself, um, and there is a, like, I certainly don't know much about the era that this is pulling from. I don't know about the literature that this is pulling pulling from like you know it's very easy to imagine that part of the reason this does so well on like that American um award circuit is like because one because it is like one of the most beautiful movies ever made yes. and two because like i don't I don't have something in my head that I can like hold this against and be like, oh well, you know it's similar and it's different from you know blah 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 other yeah. than. Other Takahata movies Yeah um, But this is
1: also true yeah. of a lot of There's a lot of period Like You know Usually it's like In the guy For our audience These are like European feminism movies Where it's like Oh These women grew up And they they had to live In their station And they couldn't rise above it And they aspired to greater And if they lived today They'd be running businesses And vice president <laughs> of the United States And whatever else Fucking thing <laughs> it's about <laughs> Um, I'm saying that the tale of Princess Kaguya is girl boss, and I don't like that part about it. <laughs> <sighs> that said, I think this movie looks great, and I mostly enjoyed it. Like, I, I think it's like the emotional content when it's not this stuff is like generally really strong. I like. Yeah. I think the characterization, like the acting and the way that the characters emote, is like some of the best anime work I've ever seen. I wish it was in service to like a better script, but. I like this movie a lot. For all I feel like I've complained I, nonstop, but like I really enjoyed watching it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm in a I'm in a similar space. Um you know, another thing is that a couple weeks ago, I needed to fall asleep and I put on um Kiki's delivery service, and like, as much as I've spent six months complaining about Kiki, yes. it's still just a it's, mo- a it's movie. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just um, can't think about it too hard. <laughs> and I think. I think when we get to the end and we're, like, talking about, like, oh, like, because we both mentioned that we're probably going to, like, rank all these movies when we get to the end of this. Like, I think this movie will do well for itself. It just, like, it was a fraught watching experience. And Mm -hmm. as I'm, like, having this conversation and picking apart everything that I felt, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that sits well with me. But, like, in the fullness of time, like, I'm just going to remember, oh, right, that's that really sad, pretty movie. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know? And, like... Part of it is just like, I don't know what Takahata's vision of like feminism is, right? Like, mm-hmm. he was an old man making this movie. <laughs> he yes. was in his seventies. Um, so I, I don't, I just can't, and, you know, there, I don't, I don't know a lot of material where he speaks to this. And I just don't trust that he was like doing this with the best intention. he's like, I don't, I didn't understand why this character, this girl was relatable in the legend. So I made sure that when I wrote my version, she suffered through the entire thing. <laughs> um, just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know why. <laughs> Things suggest themselves, maybe. Um, but also like it's made with all of the con- the confidence and competence of Takahata movies. So like in the moment, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is really beautiful, and like the character work is really good-, good here. Um, characters that should be villains typically are not, and the characters that are villains are cartoonish in ways that I think are good. Like the the Mikado and the five ministers are all very fun in the moments where they're not being super gross. Um. But then I look at the legend, I'm like, she should just be friends with this guy. Like, they should be equals. That was the point of the story, is that she was from the moon and they were equals. It's it's what Sailor Moon was lifting from. Like, you can't do this.
0: <laughs> um, uh, the other thing about, um, because he made movies so much more sporadically than Miyazaki does, mm-hmm. um, I don't have a good, like, cohesive, scent, like, worldview from Takahata. Yeah. And, um, like, in the way that, like, oh, I understand, like, how Miyazaki, like, sees the world. And, like, in in all of these movies, I feel like I get a sense of how Takahata sees, like, specific things, you know? But I don't have, like, a cohesive, like... I had assume, because he was a very old man and, like, a business owner, hmm. he's probably pretty conservative. But I don't actually know beyond that, like, what he feels about most things. Yep. Um... Uh, but yeah... Um, I guess I just have to go watch Horus Prince of the Sun now.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess something else. I like when that guy fell out of that thing and died. That was good. I laughed was- really hard at that. <laughs> Fuck that <I> guy. Felt-
0: <laughs> well, like, she gets really upset as if that is, um, as if that was, like, the one guy that she liked. I was like, you didn't like that guy? What are you talking about? <laughs> yep. Um,. But yeah, should we move on to emails?
1: yeah might as well we had a bunch of emails if you'd like to send them in it's podcast at abnormalmapping.com i'm just gonna go down these many
0: many emails um, we got a lot of emails this
1: time let me open up a gmail and i will go through these because we've been doing i feel like we've been doing this one for a long time uh, <laughs> bu- 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 Oh, I'm also opening them email. in Discord, but I don't think I—I I don't think I sent this to. you. Maybe I did, but it was about whether or not we are going to be watching uh, the story of Yanagawa's Canal. Is that the one you watched?
0: Um, I watched. Um, I watched Ghost the Cellist. Okay. I don't know what is this Canal one movie.
1: It's a it's a Takahata movie. Um, that I don't actually know why we didn't cover it. I don't. I think it might technically be before, Ghibli, like Ghibli is formed.
0: Do not remember. Um, let me go find, like, what...
1: Right now, I'm going um, to say no, but also, we reserve the right to, if we just take a break when we're done with this and do the th- few things around the edges, that we were like, ah, oh, we could watch another one of these, talk about it, mm-hmm. reserve the right. At this point, we're going to do three more movies, and we're done. Um, but we could definitely oh, start
0: The story of Yanagawa's Canals, there's no Wikipedia page about it, which is, honestly, we might have missed it because, um, like... Uh, I I don't know what this is because it doesn't have a Wikipedia page. But like, um, it is a documentary that he wrote and directed. Oh, it's a I live know. action
1: movie. Almost live action movies that this says. So
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know what this is. We might have just missed it because yeah. it's not. Um, it doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Like that might just all be all it is. I, I will look into this right now. Um, I'm not promising that we'll cover it, but yeah. I want to know because. I have all uh, Takahata's, like, non-Ghibli movies on my hard drive, and I'm planning on watching them. While, and so...
1: while this podcast, I think, is, like, you know, it's definitely winding down, um, they're going to keep making Ghibli movies. We'll be back someday, mm-hmm. even when we're done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, assuming yeah. nothing
1: horrible happens to us, you know, like, we well, always reserve the right to not. Podcasts are a tenuous art form, but, like, mm-hmm. the intention is that someday Aeroplane will return, even when we're done soon.
0: Yeah. I, yeah miyazaki's putting um. out another
1: movie we are going to watch <laughs> it we might as well
0: record about it turn it into work we, yeah like i'm not gonna not watch it <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh okay so ba- ba- ba, ba- ba- da- 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 da, okay adam's email uh i've had this movie sitting on my shelf forever thanks to y'all giving me the motivation to finally watching it knowing this is talk his last movie as i watched it, it got me real messed up uh, now that I've seen all the movies Takahata made for Ghibli, do you think there's a consistent thematic through line in his work? Um,
0: um I mean, I just kind of mentioned this. I don't have, like, a cohesive worldview from him in the way that I do from Miyazaki, but I, I wouldn't say that that's not a, I think there are thematic through lines. For I do sure. think he has,
1: like, a fatalistic, like, nostalgia for, like, rural Japan in a way that, like, yes. is very different than Miyazaki's particular nostalgia for rural Japan.
0: I think he really believes in, like, the value of a hard day's work and, like, you know, working with your hands and, like, doing something. I mean, Um, I assume
1: if he was alive now, like, I don't think he'd be like, everyone needs to, like, return to nature, but people should be a little more in touch with it than they are if they're, like, living in cities and working office jobs. And, you know, I'm willing to extend that that's probably true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, I, I think that he um really doesn't believe in like um I won't I won't say that he doesn't believe in industrialization cuz that feels like a stretch but like I don't think not really he believes to, not compared
1: to Miyazaki though Miyazaki that dude yeah. loves his industrialization
0: Yeah yeah he's he's skeptical of it even if I don't think he would like color himself as like opposed to it yeah <laughs> you know uh, why do you think we
1: don't see speculation on which anime directors would be the next Takahata the way we do directors being the next Miyazaki?
0: Uh marketing. Marketing.
1: The the Disney machine got behind Miyazaki as like a Spielbergian character in mm-hmm. a in a way that like Spielberg couldn't live up to because he produces too much and doesn't care and made a bunch of bad movies in the last 20 years but um the the cult of yeah, personality if- is so strong like he Miyazaki's got the Steve Jobs treatment done to him and he, there isn't enough material just like to push against it to like pop that bubble.
0: And if, um, if Takahata had put out movies with the same pace that Miyazaki had done, like that's who they would have picked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I imagine that there are like production and like corporation reasons that Takahata was not making movies as quickly as Miyazaki was. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh,
1: if you could have any Ghibli movie redone in Kaguya's rough watercolor style, what would it be? Uh
0: Nausicaa?
1: I think my answer uh is uh Princess Mononoke.
0: Yeah, Princess Mononoke. Because at the very least, if it had if it was the exact same movie but looked like this, I could at least be like, well, it's pretty. You yeah, know, it also would look like, It's, a, it's up-
1: the one that I think looks the it's like I know it's like technically well done, but it's the one that I think looks the worst that is like still a movie that could be fixed. Like, you know, I think I think, uh, Tales from Earthsea is a bad-looking film, but I don't think you could fix it by making it watercolor. Still don't know why yeah. that guy killed his dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like the color palette of Mononoke as much as yeah. I like the color palette of, like, most other Miyazaki yes. movies. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think if you just redid it to look like that, I think I think Mononoke would benefit a lot. I also think Mononoke... Um has just the worst 3D, and I yes. think if you gave it this movie's like bad for its time 3D, it would be much better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, do y- ideally no 3D. Uh, but do you think Ghibli's movies are improved by the decision cast mostly live action actors instead of traditional voice actors?
0: Um, I'm really not keyed in on like voice acting when I watch things in another language. I'm not. I'm not a person who like could tell you much about acting to begin with. Like, I can't really tell you what the difference between, like, a good and bad, like, acting performance is in, like, most movies, and so that's, I, it's not my area of expertise. mm
1: mm-hmm. um, I think that it's weird because it's hard to tell where different voice acting, how, like, begins and, like, just the care that Ghibli takes in animating faces, like, ends, right? Because both are true. They, they take extra care in making sure the characters emote in a way that your average, like, seasonal anime is not doing. Um, but also, mm-hmm. they have voice actors that, that sound different that aren't in ten thousand shows, and you've heard them do that character over and over again. Um, but those char- those voice actors can still do roles that are stand out and interesting, and like require acting chops. Um, so I, I think I think I would just say it's a little bit of both that makes their characters stand out to people.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, we have a long email from my friend Ted, uh, who helpfully reinforced a lot of my feelings about watching this movie. So I'm just going to read this whole thing. Uh, I have so many mixed feelings about this adaptation. I've always been a big fan of the original folktale, mainly because Kagi is such a great protagonist. She eschews from any romance subplots. Even when the Emperor tries to woo her, she very cleverly deflects his advan- advances and they become lifelong friends. The Emperor considers her a appear, and when she finally goes back to the moon, she sends a sort of apology gift in the form of the elixir of immortality to her friend. He destroys it because it's not worth for her like living without her friendship uh, forever. Can't help but feel like the movie adaptation went out of its way to crush Princess Kaguya's spirit in a way that seemed particularly cruel. The movie itself is beautiful. The art and animation are gorgeous and its use of traditional watercolor styles. And it's an emotionally affecting movie for sure. It also does its research. I love the depiction of moon people as Buddhists, uh, which was also often used to critique in contemporary com- Contemporaneous Japanese media, which saw alien and human detachment from their emotions as like a Buddhist trait, uh, and customs like blackening their teeth as a beauty standard. I get that throughout Japanese history, the treatment of women was appalling, though, somewhat ironically, uh, during the Heian period when Kaguya set, minor court women had a degree of freedom, rare for its time. It uh, talks about Murasaki Shikabu writing Tale of Genji. Anyway, uh, Kage feels like a strange story to try to communicate that theme, though. Kage has always had bittersweet motifs, but nothing as crushing and tragic as the film adaptation. But the invention of fell into forbidden love with the local poor boy subplot uh, actually feels straight up aggressive. Uh Also, someone who's ace, Kaguya always struck me as ace or Aro, and it felt like the movie creators just couldn't handle a woman who didn't want to be defined by a romantic relationship. All in all, I mm-hmm. understand why people love this movie, but it left a weird taste in my mouth. As if a man looked at the tale of Kage and said, but what if we made this a serious feminist story?
0: <laughs> which, uh, you know what? I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> On the money. Yep. Um, then we have an email
1: from D, which says, do you feel this movie is benefited by being an adaptation of the tale of a cutter? I feel like no. I feel like my uh, my stance is no here
0: um i'm I'm not familiar enough with like the original thing to like tell you um Mm -hmm. so
1: uh do you have a favorite visual of the film uh mine is the running away from the city which i'm sure is a common one i bet that i bet that's a very common one (laughs) yeah it's it's like the best running away it's so incredible
0: it's incredible I, i i um the moment that um The moment that the Emperor hugs her and, like, she turns into this, like, ethereal thing and, like, disappears, like, Mm -hmm. that's really good because it feels like it's, like, upending, like, what you know about how the visuals of this movie work um, in the same way that The Running Away does. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, The Running Away is incredible. It's, yeah, it's absolutely one of the best sequences in the movie. I do like... Oh, there are... uh, Oh, go ahead.
0: There are also, um... I want to say it's as... I think this is it um, as the people from the moon are coming down to get her. There are a lot of like shots that are literally just paintings. Like there is no movement in the shots mm-hmm. as people just look up in awe at the moon people. I think that's what this scene is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this is a movie where a lot of things are always in motion because like that's how it impresses you. And yes. so just like having still images like 100% these things are not even supposed to move we would paint it differently if it was supposed to move really good
1: uh, one of the things I, I like that is not like a single shot but I do like the recurring motif of her growing larger every time something happens to her at the beginning of the movie yeah I think that stuff's handled really well
0: good good yeah, kids sure.
1: good like babies in this movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're they're great and also it's really funny because then like the older brother shows up and he has like real eyes <laughs> Like, they all just have, like, little smudges instead of eyes, and like he's like, oh, he's a character that's going to get a name and be important, because he's got eyes that they actually bother to draw. Yeah. Um,
1: We have some questions with Sean. I think we've covered a lot of these, but uh, do you think this film says poorer people are ultimately happier than the nobility? I think that's a good question.
0: I... If I just watched this movie, I would think that would be a good question. I actually think maybe watching all of Takahata's, ta- watching all of Takahata movies, I would say that like, yeah, I think that's a thing that he believes. Yeah. Um,
1: it, or the, at least that their happiness is like more honest.
0: Yes. Um, yes.
1: And I think that that's, uh, that's, uh, dumb. I think it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I would be happier if I wasn't worried about like paying my bills every month. Yeah, (laughs) I just think that's like brainworms you get when you were like, you know, I I assume Takahata was not like a a hugely wealthy man, but he probably didn't want for a lot of
0: things. Yeah, um, um, what the fuck was I gonna say? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, like, this is like the sort of, I've been wrestling a lot this week with the fact that like, Oh, yeah, like, as my life circumstances continue to change, like, I'm still sad all the time because I just take the person I am with me, and, like, I am a person who is sad, and, like, I understand that if you're Takahata, and you start owning a business, and you start, like, being pretty successful, and, like... You're still sad. You maybe start to think to yourself, oh, I wouldn't be so sad if I was still broke, like when I was like a young starving artist. And like, no, you'd still be sad. You're still the person that you are, no matter how much wealthy, Um, no matter how much wealth you have. But also you'd be a lot less sad if you didn't have to worry about how you're going to pay for electricity.
1: Yeah. um, I think a lot about the scene in Grave of the Fireflies, where the people come back to that house and they're like playing records and hanging out, and the two kids are like playing in the dirt and starving, like in, the, like, but down by the river right across from the house. And you look mm-hmm. at that and you hate the people who are just having fun, and you feel like the kids who are like, you know, gonna die by the end of the movie are like really going through it, but like living something fundamentally human, but like, that's us as like a omniscient person who can see the narratives of both lives. And we're mad because of the difference, not because that these kids are enjoying a record. There's nothing wrong with some kids enjoying a record in their house. Everyone should have a house to enjoy records in (laughs) class. Anger is not anger towards the lives of the individuals, uh, who just happen to like have more things. It's anger at the people who exploit a system that creates the difference where some people don't have things. Right. Like, right. Um, and it's easy to like fetishize the the experience of the not having because otherwise all you do is burn in like anger towards the people who ha- who do have things <laughs> <laughs> and that's very human impulse but like yeah in reality like we should all be able to do what we want and if that means live it like live up in the mountains and and harvest bamboo that's that's fine and if that means that you you play a, a an instrument in like a palace in in a city that's fine i think there's enough people who want to do both that we don't have to worry about everyone wanting to live in a palace i don't want to live in a palace
0: <laughs> no 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 <laughs>
1: Um, um and then uh one more question Matron what are your thoughts about Kagi as a baby superimposed on the moon at the end of the movie
0: Um I think this movie is largely about like um life goes by so much quicker than you think it will I, I the moment the moment of the baby um superimposed on the moon actually just reminded me of how like Takahata like this is Takahata's last film and um like yeah, life just gets away from you sometimes, and, like, um, th- so much of, like, the tragedy of Kaguya in this movie is how, like, her childhood is, like, stolen from her, and, um, I think this is just meant to evoke all that, so. Uh,
1: yeah. I, uh, yeah, I definitely think this is just a cycles of birth and death and rebirth sort of thing. I, I didn't read that yeah. much into it, to be honest, um. Like, as far as, as far as metaphors go, it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward one to me. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Buddhist problems. Oh, this is about birth and rebirth. Who cares? Everything's about that. Um, we have uh, email from Joe. Uh, Kaki was the second Jibli movie I watched in a movie theater. I was completely blown away by how gorgeous the movie was. As a foreshadowing of what it means to stand, Asao Takahata, me and a friend were the only ones who went to see the only exhibition this movie had in our city. The exhibition proved, uh, happened in a movie theater in the mall in the middle of the week and at late night. This is relevant because the cinema staff forgot that people actually wanted to see this movie and were already locking us inside the theater. The mall was also closing, so <laughs> that meant after getting out of the cinema, we almost couldn't get out of the mall. I'd be much more mad if this happened after watching Wind Rises. <laughs> um, Joe's question is, how do you feel about how almost every Miyazaki and Takahata movie presents a contrast between the relationships and social dynamics that are formed by people who live in the cities versus people who live in rural areas? I think we mostly covered that. If you have something yeah, else
0: Yeah, I say. feel like we've covered that a lot. Okay.
1: Um, Simon uh, writes, Kaguya sticks out because of how utterly gorgeous it is. Um and Kaguya runs away, is cemented in my brain, is what I think is the most beautifully animated sequence I've ever seen. I also literally couldn't tell you about the plot in any detail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I maybe think the most beautifully animated sequence I've ever seen is um, actually the wedding sequence from Yamada's. Okay, um, yeah. I, I really like that sequence. I think about it a lot. <laughs> What
1: would I say is the most beautiful animated sequence I've ever seen? I'd have to think about that. I don't have a good answer for that one. I bet it'd be something that just really annoy people, though. I bet it's not a good <laughs> answer. I bet I don't have a good answer here. I
0: is just, it, I is just, it Shala Hetchala?
1: I mean, that's definitely the top ten. It's definitely in the top
0: ten. <laughs> Shenron coming up out of the clouds is great, I he, will say. He, he
1: holds up his fist, and it's like the weird mid-period rubbery Goku, and he lifts his arms, and he goes sparking, and it fucking explodes.
0: Yeah, Akira get
1: fucked. <laughs> Everything that Akira is about is like joyous, and in that one moment of Goku exploding. <laughs> um, anyway, given that this film took eight years to make, my feeling was almost the film was tired of itself by the end. Do you feel that Kage is emblematic of Takahata's uh, like extended time on that production? Does a younger Takahata end it differently? Uh, worth pointing out out, he was literally like courted by the two like a Toei executive to come back and make a movie because he's like please i want you to make another movie i will fund it myself just make the goddamn movie and he did and it took forever and then he died (laughs) he didn't he didn't die during the production of the movie it was five years later so you know
0: god god bless that one Toei executive though like because i also if if we like watched yamada's and just like that was the last Takahata movie ever, I would have been so bummed out. If I Not if I that was that
1: if I ran into millions of dollars and could fund a single production, I would go to Takahashi who made Vodams and be like, please sir, make another bottoms. I will fund the entire goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I don't think he would have ended this any differently as a younger person. Um I think maybe like the middle period of the movie would have been um a little less um a little less bleak, which is weird because I feel like so many of his movies are defined by being bleak, but um I think the middle of this movie would be less like the way that it is. I think mm-hmm. the ending would be the same. Yeah. So
1: um hunter writes in says i feel like this is the end of the podcast even though there's two uh, there's three actually thank you we're watching the documentary more movies uh so my question is what's your favorite animated sequence from all the ghibli movies mine's either the first wedding speech in the Yamadas or the dead snooki leaving on a boat in palm poco those are both pretty good
0: i i just yeah i just said mine like i just it's that or like the train you know um the, in Spirited Away. Yeah, train, I, did, I train, didn't even need to say the movie. You all knew the mine. train I was talking about. Yeah, you yeah, know.
1: And um, Train and Spirited Away, the mechanical being melting uh, in Nausicaa, I think, is really good. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Those are, those I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. really great. And then I remembered it was Onno, and I was like, actually, I hate it.
1: The thing about Anno... <laughs> Is he often sucks, but I also mm-hmm. think that he's a brilliant animator and his work is important for a reason. It, he didn't fake into being popular. He, he made anime people respond to. I might not <laughs> like most of it, but,
0: you know. You know what? you know what, I just remember Gunbuster exists and all is forgiven. Yep. You know? uh, we have an email from Autumn. Um, not you. Other Autumn.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope this email isn't late. I remember being blown away by Kaguya when I saw it in 2019. And two years later, it still hits me really hard. Um, I can't, uh, let's see. I can't believe that the way it constructs a world in which, like, the men's attraction is petulant and pathetic and reads in a way that, like, is clearly not male gazy. Um, talks about how that dude fucking died and how that wouldn't happen in a worse movie, and it's true. Um, <laughs> I was like, is she gonna end up with this one because he's, like, the young, he's the only age-appropriate one? And no, that dude fucking dies, and it's great. That
0: guy fucking <laughs> eats it. <laughs>
1: uh, 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 um, uh, a lot of good, just saying the movie's good uh, I want to get to the question Because we're going a little long um, What do you think it's like in think... the moon society?
0: I think it's pretty fucking chill I think everybody just like hangs out I uh,
1: think... It can't be understated How god smacked I was That the, the moon people are literally The Lunarians from uh, uh, what, God, what's the fucking name Of the gems anime That I love, Land of Lustrous <laughs> 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 Literally it Same thing. They come down from the moon on a cloud and they're all like, you know, it's more vaguely Buddhist in Land of Lustrous. There's not actual ass Buddha there, but uh, very similar. I was, I could not believe it. And I know what moon society is like in Land of Lustrous. I've read uh, mostly up to current era, uh, English releases of that. Um, I assume it's a little better than that. I assume everyone's just kind of chill. I assume everyone's enlightened and sitting around and living in a space not defined by time and desire and it's good.
0: Just smoking weed, passing the time. You
1: know what? I am incredibly defined by time when I'm smoking weed because I feel every time I'm like I'm like I should I should be I should have come down from this. It's been 6 hours and I look at the clock and it's been 15 minutes and I'm like, "Oh no. What's <laughs> happened to me?"
0: See, that's the difference between good and bad weed for me. Because, like, there are good days where I'm like, "Oh man," like six hours passed and I barely notice. And then there are t- days where it's like, "Oh no," fifteen minutes have passed and I'm gonna. die. I just feel very
1: like <laughs> hyper vigilant about time, and it's not it's not specific to any sort of. This happens every time I've ever smoked. I feel very hyper vigilant about time, but impossible, incapable of doing anything about it. I'm just on the ride, and that's just what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh did we have, I thought we had one more, but no, we don't. That's it. That's all the questions.
0: Oh, that's everything. That was, we got so, I think this might be the most emails we've ever gotten. And also the longest emails y'all were fucking wordy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so that's it. Thank you everyone for writing in again, podcast at of normal Our next movie is when Marnie was there, right? Oh
0: yeah. I think so. I was thinking, what. Well, well, yeah, when Marnie was there is the next one. Yeah, um, and
1: uh, after that we'll be doing that CG one. Uh, thankfully, it's going to be out in English by the time we get to it. So, yeah, um, yeah, and then we'll I do know. that. Then we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that one documentary, and we're good to go. So, thank you, everyone. Uh, plugs, I guess.
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. Um, uh, uh, export audio, just like. Put up two week two episodes in one week because um you know, when it rains it pours. Um, yeah. it's fucking exciting. Uh two good episodes too. Uh Nora's hosting now and it's so much better. Yeah. You
1: should talk <laughs> about your other podcast, the one I like a lot. It's good. You never plug it, I feel like.
0: Oh, do I never plug it? Hot Singles! Hot Singles is recording this week. We're going to have Marcy guest again. We've got a couple guests lined up for the next few um Hot Singles, which also means that Hot Singles is going to come out slower because it's harder to schedule guests, but that's fine. Hot
1: Singles is a music criticism podcast, and I am someone who is not just, again, like not into music criticism, I'm actively afraid of it because I feel like I don't understand it, but Hot Singles is good. I feel like I learn something every time.
0: Yeah, um, I... Music criticism is like a weird impossible thing cuz yes. I don't know what time signatures are other than 4/4 um
1: I, and so Also <laughs> I have the problem where like music to me is like food. You can describe why you like a food. If I don't like a food that you're talking about, there's nothing you can say that's going to convince me the way yes. like if you tell me about why you like a movie, I might be one over. But t- like yes, physical yes. taste in terms of like what I listen to and what I eat is different than what I think about. I can't change how I feel about a food. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I I feel very similarly, and um, a lot of our criticism on hot singles is couched in like cultural stuff, yes, um, and also just lightly roasting each other when like Regs picks an album that I think is like electronic noodly bullshit. I like um, those ones.
1: I feel like Regs <laughs> has taste that's more in line with me than
0: you, uh, which is very funny. probably fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. I I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, we. Like, I pick an album, Regs picks an album, um, if we have a guest, a guest picks an album, and we all listen to them and just come and talk about it, so it's, like, pretty laid back, you know, um, I'm bringing something from the 90s, and they're bringing something from, like, 2011, like we do all sorts of like different times and places and yeah it's a good it's a good podcast it's all about like l- i'm always trying to learn something new on that show so i've listened I'm glad to that every episode and i that. think
1: you've covered two albums i had heard before i started listening to the podcast it's a great way to discover some pretty cool music
0: that's the other thing is that like the reason i wanted to do this is because like i know a bunch of music that i want regs to listen to and regs kn- knows a bunch of music that they want me to listen to so it works out yeah
1: you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find my podcast at abnormalmapping.com where you can find this one also. Um, listen to abnormal mapping. And normal mapping is really good. Uh, we recently covered Quake. We're about to cover Kodelco, which is a uh, JRPG that's got like a horror bent. It's like what if Resident Evil had random battles. It's pretty sick. Um we have a mo- I have a movie podcast called Repertory Screenings. You can find that at repertoryscreenings.com where we mostly just watch fucking bangers. It's kind of what we do on accident. Yeah. We just pick classic movies that are good that we haven't seen before. We recently watched The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Uh, that episode will already be out. I need to edit that tonight. But um if you just want me and Jackson to talk about like what it actually means to be boots on the ground like socialist for an hour, that that that's that episode's for you. Um <laughs> it's good. Um man, fuck the British. Am I right? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what I've got. If you want to support us and get Gundam, you do that at patreon.com slash role mapping. But you know, you're probably listening to Gundam if you listen to this. I can't imagine there are people who listen to this who don't know about Great Gundam Project. Um, <laughs> they, might, they might not listen, but you probably already know about it. It's pretty yeah, popular. Yeah, you probably know. It's obnoxiously popular. I wish our other podcasts were as popular <laughs> as that one. <laughs> <sighs>
0: um it's just i just realized that we both have shows based around anta- uh antagonizing british co-hosts so. yeah 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 yeah
1: <laughs> yeah mine's much more bullyable than yours though
0: yeah no like mine is much more self-assured yes. most of the time which is saying something because they're not very self-assured <laughs> but, <you know.
1: laughs> sorry jackson you're not gonna listen to this you haven't seen any of the fucking movies you were supposed to be on an episode ago two episodes ago
0: that's it we're done thank
1: you everyone for listening we'll be back in probably a month let's be real yeah (laughs) bye bye hit you get spicy after work content this is what i'm at my <laughs> most uh most export audio energy i guess
0: uh i don't have any export audio energy so like it's it's entirely you i'm just like oh i had a nice little morning I was, you know whatever gonna go to work after this oh it must be good to not have
1: to work all day Geez, <laughs> i know you're going to work it's fine we're all living going through it
0: 6 p.m to 10 p.m which is not actually that bad but does mean I'm probably gonna eat uh, nacho fries for dinner the second night in a row
1: because nothing's fucking open
0: except at ten except for Taco Bell. Oh, I want some Taco
1: Bell shit. She. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs>
0: should I enter the podcast?
1: We should start the podcast. Do not put this in the podcast. Okay, if in the podcast against my will.
0: I was definitely gonna, like, play this after the, like, end credit music, so... Oh, that's fine. (laughs) You do whatever you want, then.